On Aviation Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the On Aviation Podcast. I'm your host, Orlando Spencer, and with me, as usual, my co-host, Daniel and Zioka. And today, here's what we want to talk about. Today, we want to discuss inflation. A lot of talk about inflation. It's going down. It's, it's subsiding or it's not so high. And we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to relate that back to the aviation industry related as it relates to the individuals and the businesses within the industry. I'm turning over to Daniel here real quick to, you know, give a little preamble to this discussion as well. Daniel? Yes. Um, thanks, Orlando. Um, so we all know that, you know, inflation is a rate of increase in price over a period of time. But um, I think the way that's measured is somewhat different. Everyone has a different perspective of how um, inflation is measured. And also, you know, there's uh, different types of inflation. People uh, are more familiar with cost push inflation or built-in inflation. Um, and these are not things that people are used to getting into to understand um, a lot, but um, it's really important that people get to understand what inflation really is and what exactly um, is affected when inflation goes up or down during time. And it's important that you said that, too, in terms of the definition of inflation. Very important that we think about what the definition of inflation is, right? Because you mentioned cost push inflation, you mentioned these other things. So let's talk a little bit now about what is inflation. So as Daniel alluded to there, or kind of give a, a short definition uh, of the mainstream definition of inflation, which everyone seems to accept these days as a, a general rise in the, in, the, in the price of goods and services. Right. That's the idea. So the idea there is that a general rise in the goods in, in the price of goods and services is inflation. The traditional definition of inflation, which I personally believe is a correct definition, is an increase in the money supply. Right. So an increase in the money supply generally in an economy, overall money to money supply in an economy is what leads to inflation. Now, how that gets to prices. That's a whole nother story. We can talk about that in another podcast in terms of how it, it actually finds its way into prices. But whenever the, say, a central bank increases the money supply by providing actually more notes, or if what the, the, some economists call fiduciary media, where the bank create money. So, for example, you go to the bank and you go for a credit card. The credit you get at the bank is actual money. Okay, so your credit card is money because it's being spent, but it's not money that's printed by a central bank or put into the to put into circulation by a central bank, and so it's it's not considered money printed or money supplied by the central bank, and so that's called fiduciary media. But it's still money, and it represents a part of the money supply. So sometimes you hear about. Uh, credit availability getting higher. People are able to take out more credit cards. They have to do more bank loans. They have to do mortgages. They have to do car loans and all that stuff. That's money, okay? Because that money that goes into buying a car on, on, a, on credit goes into paying the company that sells a car and then the employees, and then they have money to spend as well. So that's also money. 
right? So in essence, the actual inflation is an increase in the money supply, whether it's fiduciary media through a bank or actual printing money, like when we got stimulus checks in 2020 and 2021, that's actual money going into the market from the Federal Reserve through the Treasury. And so that in itself is inflationary. Also, you may not increase money, but your fiscal policy can also cause inflation. For example, when you create bonds and the government create and any government create bonds in order to fund items in the mar in the space for example they want to fund projects they want they have, they have to fund uh, certain entitlements and they 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 issue these bonds and these bonds are taken up by bondholders or, and, and creditors because they're creditors right they they buy these bonds then the money that the revenue that comes in the, the money that comes in rather from those these bonds goes into the market and it goes into the economy rather to do things and that becomes a part of the money supply okay so just like how the bank can create money out of thin air in, in a sense by issuing your credit when the when the when the government issue bond whether local municipal bonds or state bonds or or uh, municipal bonds or, or federal bonds these bonds become money in, in essence they become they have to be paid back but they become money just like your credit card has to be paid back so I believe the correct definition of inflation is an increase in the money supply. Now, an increase in the money supply will eventually lead to an increase in the price of goods and services. Now, what we've seen before 2021 with the increase in inflation, apart from the CPI may or may not be measuring the inflation correctly, what we've seen is that when the mostly fiduciary media, well, we did have a lot of quantitative easing as well, meaning money actually getting printed and put into the space, a couple of things happened. One, the bank did not lend out much of that money during the 10 years or did they just after the Great Recession, uh, which meets it, I think its peak was 2009. The bank did not lend out a lot of that money. They didn't create a lot of fiduciary media. They sat on the money. The second thing is that uh, as the interest rates start falling, banks are, need to do more with this money and so on. The third thing is that as this go forward and money gets uh, pushed into the economy, the money ended up into financial assets, so to speak, stock, bonds, uh, wherever, you know, investment vehicles. That's where the money went. And so you didn't find it in going into the, the economy and going into prices. And so that's one of the things that we've seen there. And so throughout that time, inflation wasn't as high, right? But it was only a matter of time before whatever ends up in financial assets ends up in goods and services because people don't buy assets to buy assets. Well, there are folks that transfer their wealth to, to their younger generation when they, when they move on, but people buy assets so they can spend it later. They put money, they make money so they can spend it later. So eventually it's gonna make it way back in the economy. And then eventually, once we had the COVID uh, challenge there and we had the lockdowns and all that good stuff and we start putting more money in, then that also helped to accelerate the inflation. So that's a kind of a definition that I would recommend working with. 
in terms of an increase in the money supply itself. And even though you cannot time when and how it will, you probably know how slowly over time, but you don't know when it's going to actually work itself into uh, goods and services, the prices of goods and services, it will, it must, it has to, because it's a it's sound economic principles, right? It has to work its way in. And if you work with that definition, then you then realize that cost push inflation, supply side issues and demand side issues, none of that matters because in fact, supply side issue in the in, in the pandemic occurred because of inflation we had so much money you know people had money they were buying a bunch of stuff so they were they were buying more stuff than were than were available and the the, the unavailability of these items cause the prices to go up because if you're buying them all and they can't produce them fast enough then they are they're going to charge a premium for the items that are left to be purchased so the inflation the inflation which is the increase in supply of money feeds on itself in a sense so that's a thought i want to would love for our listeners to take away from inflation itself and not to understand so you see one thing happening increasing money supply fiscal policy whatever it is uh, an increase in in credit right now we're seeing a credit crunch where the money supply is shrinking right does that mean deflation well we'll talk about that in another podcast but you see the money supply shrinking but when you see money supply increasing then you can say to yourself eventually this will work its way into the goods and services I have to buy. I want to hear your thoughts a little bit more on that as well, uh, Daniel. Thanks, Orlando. Um, so we we see right now, um, well, inflation has been high for some time uh, for the past few years, and um, there's been a lot of changes uh, affecting assets. Since you mentioned assets, I'm going to touch a little bit on that. Um, Right now, it's been very difficult for people to buy homes at a very high interest rate. I think right now it's 6% towards 7%. And it's gotten to this situation whereby the uh, the Fed is approving a 40-year mortgage. Uh, I think the max last time was 30-year. Um, so now they're approving a 40-year mortgage because people are not able to afford homes as easily. So I think there's much to say about how it affects um assets as well there's um as as the as the assets become inflated because of low interests it gets to a point where by now uh where the you know the 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 interest later go up um and people are unable to afford it um there's people who invest in assets as a means to store their wealth and it's not working out for them it it just makes everything um into some sort of a bubble and um, it's it's uh, I think it's something that affects people in terms of long-term investments, or um, also in terms of trying to save money. Um, there's becoming it's it's becoming more much of a tough situation to save money in genuine places. So right now, people can only think about um, storing money in gold and silver or anything that is um, able to hold value over a long time. Great. Thank you for that. And, and you mentioned some stuff in terms of, you know, people and, and understanding inflation. And that brings us to our next topic, which is people's understanding of inflation. Because of the, uh, the information out there in terms of what inflation is, there is a misconception as from the from the people's perspective, from the citizens' perspective as to what inflation is and how they should react to it. Uh, for example, if inflation is a matter of price going up, okay, who raises prices? 
right? At the bare minimum, at the really at the core of it, who raised the prices? Who does a physical decision say we're going to raise price? Companies. Companies say we're going to raise prices. Why? Because somebody raised their supply prices because their supply prices went up. But they, when the consumer look, they see, oh, this company, greedy corporation, raising prices, price gouging. But because you don't, folks don't understand that inflation is not about the price itself. Inflation is about the money supply. The price being being raised is a representation or an effect or the result of the increase in the money supply. So when you understand it that way, then you're better able to cope with inflation because you'll be able to see inflation coming a mile away because it's not like, oh, you print money now and you put money in the market. Now inflation is right away, especially when you have the world's reserves currency like the United States. In some countries, yes, it would be a little bit quicker, probably months, probably a year. But in the United States, it can be a whole lot longer because that money supply is diffused across the world. Okay, And so that's one of the first things you need to understand. Once you understand where inf what inflation is, then you're better able to deal with inflation. As Daniel mentioned, you can go ahead and you know put your money in inflation hedges, you know, you know, some some advisors and economists recommend gold, silver, fine art, land without house on it, because once there's a house on it, there's maintenance and the property tax are higher. You have to maintain the property, the property, you know, a whole bunch of different stuff that goes on there, but land and, and other things as well. So that's uh, what we've seen where people don't really understand uh, what what inflation is and then. They don't understand then because they don't understand inflation. They don't understand the importance of 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 inflation. It's uh, of understanding inflation itself, and that's a big big thing. Understanding the importance of inflation because, for example, we've talked about this before, where you you get a pay raise of five uh, percent, and inflation is six percent. You just got a pay cut of one percent. So your nominal term, a nominal mean, in in current dollar amount or current currency amount, uh, that's what nominal means right so in nominal terms you may get you know five percent but when you adjust for inflation that's a big thing right it's going to go down also it's something to remember we talked about this on the podcast is to remember that inflation is cumulative so if you had 10 percent inflation over over uh if you have 10 percent inflation over five years you just lost 50 percent of the value of your purchasing of your purchasing power relative to the year before the inflation started all right so that's very important to remember right so that those misunderstandings can lead to not knowing the importance of inflation because you're looking at the wrong things blaming the wrong wrong folks and so on so that's going to be a very important thing to really take a look at and, and think about and i think daniel touched on that as well you know one other thing that you should think about is government and inflation why is it that government around the world keep saying that particularly over the last 10 years that we need more inflation why is it that we need more inflation because we mentioned in this part on this podcast as well in another episode that during the 19th century the latter part of the 19th century productivity was so high that uh prices were always just going down 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 um you know standard of living was rising and the productivity was increasing and all these goods and services and all these technology were being developed because the money supply was pretty much stable. Then it was uh, more or less uh, the dollar itself was backed by gold. And so the money supply was stable. 
But why now that we, we, we seem to think we need inflation, right? Why inflation is an important thing, right? If inflation, does that mean that the economy is doing well? That's one of the arguments that the economy is doing well if there's inflation. But another, another argument from some folks is that with inflation, governments around the world can repudiate debt. And we talked about this on this podcast. If I lend you, uh, Daniel, $100 and I have the ability to print money and I print another $100, I just reduce the money I owe you in real terms accounting for inflation by 50%. So I just reduce your purchasing power. And so that may be one of the reasons there. Also, if you can inflate the money supply, right? And, and this is something important to think about, then the entitlement costs are a little bit lower and it can be managed a little bit more, even though you have adjustments, like the United States have COLA cost of living adjustment, and it could be that you're actually uh, repudiating that obligation as well, even though you increase the COLA amount because real in- inflation is generally, and it's generally a consensus that real inflation is higher than what the CPI actually puts out for various reasons. And so that's one of the reasons why governments generally want higher inflation. And there are other reasons as well, but those are some of the some of the main reasons why. And so that's important to understand. And before we get into what this means now for individuals and companies, particularly as it relates to aviation, I want to hear your thoughts on the side of why government would seek to inflate the money supply. Over to you, Danny. Yeah, so um, thanks. There's, I, I think the government sees it as a way of uh, making sure things, um, the economy is running well. I'm not sure if they have a view of the economy running well when the inflation is high or if things are doing well when inflation goes, uh, uh, goes above a certain percentage. But it definitely takes a hit on the on its people. People are paying um, a lot more on debt uh, because of inflation, and they're having a hard time um, with their living costs because of it. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say that that I don't see where inflation is good. Um, and related to debt, now inflation. Inflation, I think you said inflation is <clears throat> is either bad or, but inflation is good for the debtor. <laughs> if if I owe you, if I owe the, for example, a lot of people have mortgages in in the in the high twos and the low the low three percent. In this environment with inflation, those banks are losing money on those mortgages. But the people who have those mortgages, they're winning. So inflation favors the debtor. Okay. The economy, and, yeah. And hurt the creditor. Now, um, now who is one of the biggest debtor in the world? The United States, right? So if we can have some inflation, right. we probably have central government generally. So we don't know. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. I'm just saying that it benefits. It, there's a benefit there, right? So, so that's a very important thing. So the creditor gets benefit, the benefit. And and personally, I do not believe personally that the that there's any good from inflation except for those who want to reduce how much they owe to other people. There's no real good to it because that's just re- that's just not being honorable with your debt. So I don't think there's a good to it. And, right. and so there's a whole bunch of stuff to it there as well. But deflation is seen as the worst mm. thing in terms of 
some governments and and some economists. But deflation is a good thing. It means that if if you are spending less for higher quality goods and services, it's really good. Now, what that does, it make the it makes the GDP number smaller in terms of the, the the value of it, the dollar value. But in terms of the standard of living of people, it goes way up, right? It goes way up. And so, mm-hmm. but if if the if the economy is loaded up with debt, like a debt-ridden economy, here's my opinion on this. If the economy is loaded up with debt, and the people are like most of them, are, I think I think it's about two three trillion dollars credit card that are close to that, I believe, my, if my memory serves correctly. A lot of people have a lot of debt, right? Credit card debt, house debt, the government has debt. Inflation is bad for the debtor. Deflation, rather. Deflation is bad for the debtor. Because if I lend you $100 and then all of a sudden uh, goods and services enter the market space and then you have less money chasing uh, more goods and services, then those money has to be split even more, have to split up even more and get, you know, you know, spar start even more, which makes it so that the prices have to fall to accommodate for the limited supply of money. And therefore, it may seem, it may be that as I owe you $100 and goods and services increase and there's a deflation, right? It means that the $100 is now worth $200. No, I owe you $200, right? So it's the opposite effect. So it doesn't, deflation is a disbenefit to the debtor and a benefit to the creditor. And inflation is a benefit to the debtor and a disbenefit to the creditor. And it is how you look at it. So now who has the authority to change things? You know, then central government and central banks generally want to support uh, inflation probably because of that. So that's something we, we want to think about when we think about it as well. We want to touch a little bit now on how, how does this affect people in the aviation space? You know, how does this affect people, uh, businesses as well? So let's talk about individuals. Uh, first of all, as in fact, let's start with the businesses, right? Because it kind of flows downward in a sense. So as businesses experiences inflation through higher higher costs of producing the goods and services that they produce. And and this goes for the aviation industry. Again, we don't operate in a bubble, right? So all the things we talk about whenever we are talking always relate this stuff back to the aviation industry. And so as you as the producer prices increases to the cost of producing the goods and services, right? Because again, we talk about money supply and all that good stuff. What tends to happen is that Initially, and this was this is what happened in 2001, 20, not 2001, rather, 2000, uh, 2021. This is what happened in 2021. In 2021, when prices were going up, what happened was that the companies were absorbing the cost because they believed that it was transitory. Well, they were told that it was transitory until the Federal Reserve says, we're going to retire that. It, it, we think it's time to retire the term transitory, okay? All right, pretty much saying it's not transitory, which is nice, nice speak, speaking nicely. And so they believe it was transitory. And so they were absorbing the cost because they don't want to increase prices and then lose their customer to the competition that's not increasing prices. And so now that they realize that this thing is not transitory, then they are actually raising prices. And they're raising prices aggressively because, one, they've already lost percentages in earnings because of not raising prices. Two, they are going to have to compensate for the rise in prices 
producers' prices moving forward. And three, they have to recoup that cost that they lost before, right? So they're they're raising it a little aggressively, and you see that across the board. You see that all over the place. The other factors as well, like what was happening with eggs. Part of it is inflation. Part of it was avian flu. You know, part of it was supply chain, which is pretty much working itself itself out. So a lot of things that you can see really affect prices, but you can go always go back to the money supply there as well. And that's how it affects, probably affect aviation business. That's why you see ticket prices kind of going up and you see the cost of services to the aviation, uh, the cost of producer goods, right? Capital goods, producer goods to the aviation in the aviation uh, businesses are rising. Now, that finds its way to the consumer because now that this thing is not transitory, they're going to pass those costs to the consumer. And so you see plane fare, airfare rises. You see certain, certain, certain uh, increase at the concession stands or in the airport itself and so on. So you'll see those things affecting you for your travel. The other thing is that, again, other factors play into this because the business travel had slowed down. Now we're trying to compensate with the regular travelers, right? So you might see some price changes there as well because of that. So all these things affect the aviation industry in some way or another. And again, we can't reiterate this enough. The aviation industry is just super fragile, right? Uh, so it's here and it's been around, it's doing its thing. And it's in, it's a paradox. In one sense, it's robust because of its, its ability to, I think resilient is the word to use. It can always bounce back, but it's very sensitive, right? It's very sensitive to these shocks. And so it always responds negatively generally to these to these kind of shocks right so that's how you should you should look up look at this when you think about aviation businesses and the individuals within the aviation industry uh how this affects them same way it affects everyone but you cannot pinpoint as to where you're gonna see some of these increases and some of the things that you're seeing for example you know companies have the opportunity to improve their services by employing new technology, getting new equipment, and so on. And they may not do it because they're trying to recoup lost costs, right? So you may find, not saying this is the main cause, but you may find one of the reasons why our beloved Southwest Airline didn't spend as much money into when they came out of the pandemic into the new system, even though they knew it was a problem from the past and they knew it's a problem after the pandemic, they may like, okay, we, let us make some money first before we, we go into the system. It could be that situation. I'm not saying that's what it is, but that could be a scenario as well. And so within, with higher producers' prices, companies pick and choose where they put the, their capital investment, and they are always going to focus on bringing in the revenue at all costs to make sure they can bring that revenue in, right? So one of the most important things as you think through the the this this bit of it and think through how businesses operate in this in this area is to always make sure that you understand what inflation is how it works way through the economy and you know how it will affect you as individuals now let's talk a little bit about stock buybacks the aviation industry the airlines did a lot of stock buyback they how did they buy back this stock for the most part they had some money on the balance sheets they used it to buy back stock but sometimes they uh, they actually borrow money, right? And so I don't think this money that they borrowed was a fixed interest rate. So as interest rates rise, they are also having problems there as well. So that's another, talk, another topic for another podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And we'll also touch 
on the topic of how do you account for your asset and your profit with inflation as an aviation business. So you're running a flight school, so you're running a FBO, so you're running, you're running a 135 operation, a, a, a part 91 operation, you're doing some banner towing. How does you account for inflation? How do you account for inflation rather? How do you account for inflation, right? Because we're going to talk a little bit more about this in another podcast, but you make a $10 million this year. And because of inflation, you see 10% inflation, you see, uh, you see $11 million. Is it the $1 million extra, extra profit? No, it's not. If you use that money, you'll be consuming your, your capital, right? That's just inflation. And so there's a way of thinking about that. There's a way of thinking through how you deal with assets on your balance sheet given inflation out of the calculate that we wrote an article on that as well. So there's a lot of things to think about for the consumers themselves. How do you deal with increased prices when you're planning trips or you're planning vacations or you're planning, you know, purchases, right? We're going to talk about those things as well. We're going to have a deep conversation about how inflation, how people respond to inflation and how they should respond to inflation and cope with inflation. We're going to have a deep topic about that as well, because individuals can deal with inflation in a couple of ways, buying things that are value that you can sell later or things that you want to use in the future, but they have a high shelf life like canned goods and so on. You buy more of that now, so you get a discount as well. So we're going to talk a little bit more about those things as we move through with additional podcast right i'm gonna talk about that but let's let's look ahead real quick let's look ahead all right and ask what will happen we believe that inflation is here to stay okay and it may slow down you know it may drop for a little bit it may go down to even four percent three percent but the underlying factors we talked about earlier in this podcast which is the increase in money supply is there right in fact because of the recent challenges and debacle with the banks the federal reserve has you know issued it's a new instrument it's a new tool they've issued somewhere i think it's almost four four hundred billion dollars that's money supply and so uh it may not go to the p to the, the consumers but it's going to these banks so what does that mean if it's going to the bank then the bank have the money to give the to the people that owns the, the deposit account so that end up back in the market in the economy so that in itself as well are indicators a lot of the fiscal policies, talk about those as well, a lot of the fiscal policies, a lot of the, the spending that we're doing in terms of, you know, CHIPS Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, and some of these things, these also add, add a debt. And because they add debt, they become instruments of other folks, and those instruments, debt instruments become actual money eventually. And so that in itself are underlying in themselves, those in themselves are underlying factors that will contribute to inflation continuing. And I believe, and I'm not the only one that believes this, right? That the inflation we're experiencing now is the the, the rise in prices, the increase, the general increase in prices that we're experiencing now is as a result of what was done throughout the Great Recession to cope with the Great Recession, right? The quantitative easing and all these different things, low interest rates. What we've done over the last two to three years have not been factored in yet. Those are still to come and we're still adding on to that. So I am not the one to hear the judges say the government should this do this or do that, right? But I can tell you how to respond to these things and that you need to, we need to understand it clearly, especially for our industry that is 
sensitive, right? Maybe I need to retire the word fragile, but sensitive. It's robust in a way, but it's sensitive to these shocks, and people always get get if hurt financially when these shocks come around, right? And so we believe that we should be well informed and, and, and have a greater understanding of what's going on here, right? So again, the most important thing that we want folks to take away from this podcast is that one, you must understand what inflation is. Two, you must understand how it affects you. Three, you must understand the driving factors behind inflation, right? What the government does, what people does, what business does, and then also look at how it affects you in your space. And then most importantly, what's going to happen in the future. And that's going to be very, very important as we move this we'll move forward. We've got to understand these things. And once we understand these things, we can make better financial decisions moving forward as individuals and as companies and businesses operating within the aviation space. That's all I got for you today, guys. Daniel, I'm going to turn it over to you real quick for some closing remarks. Yes, I think these were really great points, Orlando. Um, I think it's really great that people get more familiar with um, the economy and how inflation affects them, how people define inflation and how they can differentiate from different um, uh, explanation or uh, definitions of um, inflation. Um, so it's just that everyone is in the clear. Uh, but yes, it's good for everyone, uh, both uh, if for personal economics or for your business to better understand how um, the economy works with inflation. All right, Danny, thank you so much. And I want to thank everyone for jumping on with us today on this podcast. As usual, you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on every podcast streaming platform we're everywhere there so thank you again guys for jumping on with us we really appreciate you leave us your thoughts and your comment as we continue on this process of running hosting and publishing a podcast bye-bye now